Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and look who's here again, Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, what a great, uh, it's a great day, Um, but we're not getting better. It looks like this whole virus thing is hanging around longer than we thought, and we're just not... We don't seem to be headed in the right direction as fast as we want to. Um, we have conferences, a couple of conferences, major conferences, canceled their fall sports, which is sad, sad Very to see. Sad. So, uh, I so, hope, you know, as of the time this is being broadcast, the SEC and ACC says they're still playing football. Um, you know, I don't I don't know where everybody stands on this, yeah. but I, I know where I stand, and I, I just want – I want us to get back to normal as soon as but this is this has gone on way too long. Yeah. Um and I'm just I'm I'm tired of it. <laughs> uh and I know there's some real issues out there. Um so yeah, I'm just I'm ready for this thing to get past us. Well, I had an interesting conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who is very in touch with the college athletic scene, albeit at a, at a little bit lower level than the Division 1 scene, but his feeling is, is what we may see is we may see an aligning of conferences outside of the NCAA uh-huh. to create their own almost a semi-pro league, um, which I, I'm i a little skeptical of that yeah. that could be possible because I think you got to get college presidents and people on board as well. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, they've talked about paying college athletes for a long time. This would move them in that kind of a direction and – I don't know how it would change the face of college football, but what it would probably do is separate out the best college football teams from everybody else and have them create their own league, sort of like a minor league. Yeah, I I don't know. I told you on the way up here when I heard yesterday that NCAA, um, excuse me, the um, SEC and the ACC came out with a press release yesterday and said our sports are going forward. It was a relief in my in my psyche, in my spirit, it's mm-hmm. it, it was a glimpse that maybe we're getting back to some normalcy. I mean, because yeah. college football is just a staple. Even though I don't, I told you, I don't really watch it that much. I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, um, but I'm not. I don't have to be. You know, you've got the Georgia Tech people like you, uh, <laughs> pity on you. Uh, but even then, I I don't watch the games every single week. You know, I get caught up in the hype if they're doing great, which I have been the past few years. And so I guess you could kind of call me a fair weather fan. But it's it's going into fall without college football. It, it does something to me. It seems wrong. It seems wrong. Like and something's to, missing. to hear that there may be a chance was just it was a boost in my psyche yeah. yesterday. I don't know about you. Um, but, yeah, let's just – yeah, definitely, definitely for me. Of course, I, part of you know what I do as a coach, it, it, a lot of that we're tied to kind of following along. You're funded, yeah, a lot of times yeah. by by those bigger sports. And, yeah, so um, yeah, we're we're excited to hear that for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, we talk, you hear trickle down a lot in in the media, but 
college football, there is definitely a trickle down. I mean, all of the sports, especially cross country, no question, um, really couldn't happen without sports like football that that bring in those bigger dollars yeah. and make it possible for these other sports to happen. So yeah. that's just another reason I'm hoping it happens. Because another thing that goes right along with football in the fall is cross country. Yeah. And uh, at least locally, it, it looks like it's going to happen. I hope it. I hope it does. But me too. I'm just sad to hear. You know, there's some of the some of the best cross country teams in the nation are in those those uh, conferences that have decided they're not going to participate. Right. So it's going to be a little sad. Uh, but it's going to be a great opportunity for some other teams that normally aren't at the top of the heap that are they're going to be able to inch their way up and have good years. Do you think that? And I just thought about this. I don't even know if this can happen. You think there'll be some last-minute transfers? Is it too late for runners to transfer to to conferences that are? It's tough because a lot of schools have already started. Okay, uh, but it's possible. Probably it's, it is possible, I suppose. Yeah, that could I mean, be if I were a an elite runner who was doing really well, I, I would probably give that some thought. Yeah, if if that were me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's idea. There's this idea about moving cross country to the early winter. Uh, to the point where maybe it takes the place of indoor track. Indoor track doesn't seem to be quite as serious, and so yeah. maybe cross country kind of takes the place of indoor track, and then uh, we have a normal outdoor track season, albeit maybe a little bit shorter. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll 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 do we'll, we'll deal with what we've. Bottom got in line, front of they're us. not going to cancel running. That's they're not. So. We can continue to run. But how I was I, I, so I thought about this. How do we square this idea of? God tells us not to be fearful in the Bible. How many times does it tell us not to be fearful in the Bible? A bunch. Yeah. Do not fear. Um, But we also have to be smart about what we do. And so we've got this virus out there. It is dangerous for some people, for sure. And so we want to get through society and we don't want, but we don't want to be fearful either. We've got, there's some churches out in California, which is almost completely shut down, that are continuing to meet with thousands of people showing up. Um, because they're saying we're not going to be fearful. Um, so is that the right tack, or is it, you know, is there somewhere in between? It's hard to decide. You know, I talked to somebody yesterday, um, and it was actually a, an, an EMT friend of mine, and I asked him. We were out walking together. Um, he's building a house right down the road from me, and uh, I said, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this coronavirus, and he said, do you want my thoughts or do you want my EMT thoughts? <laughs> and I, I was I was kind of perplexed by the way he said that. And I said, your thoughts? He said, I think there's something a lot more going on here. Um, and, you know, you, you, you can start to go into conspiracy theories and things like that, which we're not going to do here. I, I don't believe that. But I do believe that there's a conspiracy, but it's by nobody here on earth. Yeah. Um, you know, when when I saw your question here, it reminded me of Ephesians six twelve, and it says, "For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places." Mm. There is a conspiracy in the in the heavenly realm. Yes, and it's is. it's the devil. Yep. And so, is there a conspiracy theory? Absolutely. There was one last year. There's one. This is just the flavor of this year. There'll be one next year. And true, we, we shouldn't live in fear because yeah. this is this will continue from now until Jesus splits the eastern sky and comes back. 
this will continue. It, it won't be corona next year. It's probably going to be something else, something else that that can invade our lives and try to put that fear in us. But, um, but God's word is clear. The spirit of fear is not of him. Yeah. The spirit of peace is of God. So if we, you know, while I may not agree with everything some of the churches are doing, um, we, we need to understand that if, if we let the spirit of fear consume us, now there is a healthy fear, yeah. but there's also a very unhealthy fear. If we let that consume us, then we're falling into that conspiracy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I encourage you, hold on to that Ephesians 6.12, because, and, and it's real easy to start pointing fingers at people, too. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people are the result of, of what this verse is talking about. We're just puppets many times for um, the devil to work his plan in our world and in our lives, and and we just don't need to let that happen. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit later in this podcast about this whole idea of what we expect other people to do and how we expect others to behave. And right. I think that's a key because oftentimes we have our opinions and we have our ideas on what we think is right. We're still called to be Christians. We're still mm-hmm. called to be Christ-like. And although there's a time to stand up, there's also a time to, to give grace as well. Exactly. And uh, I think that's important to to understand. Yeah, um, I'm excited about this week. So let's, yeah. Let's get yeah, it started. Yeah. So, as always, we are sponsored by J Radio. We talked last week and told you that it is out on Apple now. And so the official launch of J Radio in all its many platforms is is upon us Mm -hmm. and so we need you to go out there and check out j radio subscribe to j radio because it is a wholesome place for you to get your running music Mm -hmm. uh if nothing else uh or in your car music or wherever you consume your music yeah and if you go on j radio i just want to throw this out there lane that's right who has been on here my son uh he's been on this podcast he actually has his own playlist that's right uh, and it's called catch catch a fire I think. Yeah. If you go to the Radioactive channel on J Radio, you can and download that, and Lane actually walks you through these songs and what they mean to him and how they pump him up for his workouts. I don't really like the music he <laughs> listens to, but we all have our own preferences, but they're all Christian songs. So, yeah, go check it out. If you're like me, it will lead you down a path you haven't been down, <laughs> yeah. but that's okay because yeah. we need to broaden our horizons. Exactly. So go check out J Radio. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radio Active Station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. Don't forget that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com if you have any questions whatsoever. If it's a question about training, if it's a question about our podcast, if it's something we said that Maybe you disagree with what we said, and maybe you want to challenge the thought. Hey, we welcome that. So send us any feedback that you want to at dean at runforgod.com. If you don't know about us, make sure you go to runforgod.com to learn more. And now you can go to runforgodrunclub.com. Mm-hmm. 
which is really hard to get used to. Um, but it'll be it'll roll right off the tongue real soon, real yeah. soon. Uh, we're really excited about that new web that new website, the RunForGodRunClub dot com. So check that out if you haven't been there yet. What are you waiting for? Uh, and don't forget, we'd love to hear your story. We've got a tab there where you can submit your story on the Run for God Run Club page. Yeah. So check that out and submit your story. And if you do, we're going to get you to the head of the class. We're going to get you on on this podcast as soon as we can. So uh, check that out. This week, our story is about hills. I am not a fan of hills. Never have been. Not from the first step that I ever ran. Uh, but uh, hills are important to our running. And uh, if you don't live in a really, really flat area, um, you, you're sure to encounter it. Even if you live in a flat area, I was running in Jacksonville, Florida a couple of weeks ago um, and had to run over a bridge. It's a pretty good hill. So yeah. uh, Interstate you, overpasses that, their hills, right? That's it. That's it. So this one comes to a guy you may recognize this name because you've probably heard this name before. One of the more famous names in history. Absolutely. Uh, and he's also very famous. This particular version of that name is very popular among the Run for God circles. Right. Uh, his name is John Hancock. He's from Beloit, Ohio, and his story is called Running Up Hills. The definition of a hill is an area of land that is higher than the land that surrounds it. We all want to reach the top in many areas of our life. Having coached basketball for 20 years, every season had its share of peaks and valleys. Sports are full of cliches about reaching the top and the challenge of staying on top. Oftentimes, the bigger challenge is staying on top because it puts a bullseye on your back and everyone is gunning for the top dog. Our pastor has preached about the challenges we face in life and says we're either in a valley, in other words, a crisis, or coming out of one, or headed towards one. That is why we need to run for God, trusting his plan when we face the hills and valleys of life. When my wife and I decided to become members of Damascus Friends Church, we took a membership class. One of the activities in the class was to make a graph showing the peaks and valleys of our lives. It was eye-opening for us to see the roller coaster rides that we have lived through. One of my greatest peaks was marrying my wife. However, two weeks later, I faced one of those valleys that tested my faith. We had just returned home from our honeymoon when I received a phone call that a close friend of mine had been in a serious car accident. I rushed to the hospital to find out he had passed away. I questioned how a loving God could take him away from us when he had his whole life ahead of him. Ironically, another valley involved myself in a car accident on a hill. It was my first year as a high school basketball head coach, a goal that I had worked 17 years to achieve. I was driving home after practice in a snowstorm when I lost control of my car driving down a hill. The accident ruptured my spleen, which had to be removed. I now drive over that hill every day and work at, to work. And it's a constant reminder to me how our lives can change in an instant and why we need to run with God. I was never much of a runner until I turned 40 and decided I needed to become healthier, both physically and mentally. I ran my first 5K that spring and became hooked due to the health benefits and my competitive personality. 
I decided that I wanted to have a 5K at our church and thought that our Celebrate Recovery ministry would be the perfect connection to our race. The ministry is intended to give hope and help to those who, who's, who, to those with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. These are people facing the hills and valleys of life. Our church sits on top of a hill, so the last mile of our race is an uphill challenge. Many runners comment about how this is the toughest course they have run, making the finish line even more rewarding. I began training on this course, dreading those hills, but soon realized how much easier my other races became. Research now tells us that running up hills actually reduces trauma on the knees and, uh, and overall legs, burns more calories, increases stamina, and helps prevent shin splints by strengthening the anterior tibialis muscles. In conclusion, I grew up with a fear that Whenever I reach the top of a hill in my life, that a valley would soon come next. I'm learning to believe that God allows a crisis to get our attention, and then he uses the crisis to develop our character. I've been inspired in both my running and my faith by Dr. John P. Williams, Jr., the associate pastor at Damascus Friends Church and author of The Dopamine Journals. Despite his diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, an incurable disease that inhibits bodily movements, he walks or runs at least three miles a day to fight back against this disease. He inspires us, so many people, with his perseverance and motto, I can... Philippians 4.13, I will, Philippians 4.4-7, 4 and I am, Hebrews 12.2-3. I say these words over and over in my head when I'm facing the difficult part of my runs. The feeling of accomplishment after running up the hills is nothing compared to the feeling we will have in heaven. We will be able to rejoice with others knowing that we have completed our race on earth by trusting God. A great story, John. Yeah, yeah. He gives us some some scripture passages here. Psalms one twenty one one and two. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth, which is also part of a song. Yeah, that's uh, what I was just thinking. That's the ah. Uh, I'm so bad with names, uh, <laughs> but that phrase that I li- I lift up. Uh, my eyes to the mountains um, has it, it takes on a different meaning for a runner because yes. I know in that scripture it's saying we see the beauty that God created and we realize that He's He's majestic and it's amazing the things that He can do. But from a running standpoint, it also we also look at a mountain or a hill as a challenge, right? Yeah, and there's you know in in running and in our walk with Christ, we can look at a mountain which in in His. Um, in John's description of what he was trying to describe, he's talking about mountains and valleys of life. You know, you can look at it as a mountain, as a challenge in a in a workout, but you can also look at it as a mountain as something to dread. You can also look as a valley as something to dread. But it's it's where our focus is, what our perspective of that is. You know, if you're a runner and you look at it as a mountain as a challenge, then you're going to become a better runner. If you look at it as something to dread you're probably going to shy away from that, not do those workouts, and become less of a runner in the process. Same thing with the valley in our walk with Christ. You, While none of us, I would say, look with excitement to a valley, if 
you know, we're, we're probably not going to do that. But if we look at it as a challenge when they come, we know we're going to get stronger as a result. I mean, yeah. God's word is clear. You know, when it talks about the refiner's fire and the, the valleys of life and all these things that he never look, he never talks about those things as bad things. He talks about those those moments as good things. Those are what build us stronger. Just like when we run up that mountain in a workout, it's tearing us down. But yep. it's it's tearing us down so that it can make us stronger. Yeah. So I, I think it's just I think John's story is so great because it, it, it really talks about even without him saying it exactly is it's it's all about our perspective yeah. and how we look at things. And yeah. that, that's a challenge. I mean it that's, is a challenge for sure. You're not kidding. That's a constant <laughs> battle, isn't it? Exactly. Especially in this day and then twenty twenty, that's that's as big exactly. a battle as we've had. Isaiah fifty four ten. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Um, it's good to know that the mountains are no problem for God. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And in the third passage, Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah, I mean, so many times we, we get in these valleys and we think we're all alone. And from a human's perspective, we may be. But if you look at God, if you look at Jesus, if you look at the Holy Spirit as a real person, like we should, it's it's clear. I mean, God says it here that yeah. he is with us always in those moments, and we should take comfort in that. And that should give us the comfort to look at whatever we're going through is a challenge it should and and to understand that valleys are real um i think is important that um in order for us i think to benefit the most of the with those valleys um we need to see god in the mountaintops as well because when we're with when we're with god in those big times and those glorious times and the the times when things are going well and everything's clicking along um and we're daily with him Man, he feels so much closer when we get to that valley, when exactly. we get to that bad thing that happened. Right. Yeah. A question. Create a graph of your own life looking at the highs and lows. How did you get through those valleys? For me, I always look back. And you never have to look back very far to see where God worked in your life last or or to look back at the last valley, it, you know, if you're out there and you say you don't have any valleys, something's wrong because I have them all the time. Uh, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But I have them all the time. So my, the way I get through the valley that's coming up tomorrow, which I don't even know about today, is to look at the valley I went through yesterday and to see, you know, I may be panicking and freaking out about what I'm in tomorrow. If I just If I just look back just a little bit and see... Well, last year I was in a very similar valley. It may be different circumstances, but valleys are valleys. And and I remember panicking and being stressed during that valley. And it's like I look back at it now and it's like, why was why was I even worried? <laughs> because you know a lot of my valleys. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's God can bring us out of tremendous things that we just think are the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And we look back, we get a little bit of time between us and that, and we realize it was nothing. What were we worried about? But yet we 
we we revert back to that same train of thought every time we get in a valley and it's just a constant cycle and if anybody knows how to to overcome that to go into that valley and not be worried i would love to find out yeah your thoughts um, <laughs> yeah. because it's just our nature <laughs> but the co- closer we get to christ and the more we're in his word and the more we're talking to him um the less stressful some of those valleys become yeah, I'll never forget back when my my youngest son was born, second second son. He went back into the hospital when he was eight days old, and there was a possibility he was going to not make it. He had meningitis, and uh, it was really, really scary. And I remember at that time that I was, we were involved in a church. The church was, we were very active. I mean, God felt close at that time and I I think back to that time and I think even though my prayer at that time was God I don't understand you know you get you brought this glorious thing to us and and you're gonna let us live with him for eight days and then possibly take him away from us and I so I remember questioning God a lot it Mm -hmm. was hard Um, but at the same time um, feeling that that wasn't really what was going to happen. Even though that doubt was in my mind, that wasn't really what was going to happen, that it was all going to turn out great. But I think it was only because we felt close to him prior to, to that happening. I can't imagine how somebody who doesn't have Christ mm-hmm. gets through something like mm-hmm. that. I, I, would have, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have him at that point. I think a lot of times it breaks them. It does. But, it does. but because of your relationship with Christ, it strengthened you. It did. Um, that made you stronger for the next valley. Yep. And it makes you stronger for the next valley. Yeah, and I look back, it can't it can't get any worse than that, can it? I mean, can it get any worse than your child potentially dying? It just uh, to me it, it's it's hard to describe anything that's much worse than that. I mean, there's a lot of things that compare to it for sure. Right. But if I can look back on that and realize God was with us through that, it's yeah. gosh, it makes the next valley seem like <laughs> what? Yeah. That's yeah. all? Yeah. Until you get in that next valley. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, oh no, I've never, I've never experienced this before, and we start freaking out, and and you got to remind yourself. And sometimes God just gives us a good, He does slap across the face and say, "Do you not remember?" And, yeah, that's uh, why I love. I, I forget. You know, I'm getting to that age now, where I'm, I'm, at least that's what my wife tells me. I'm, I'm getting forgetful. Uh, well, now you're getting on to the next question. Uh, Consider reading the dopamine journals, um, and I have to confess I have not read that. Uh, maybe we need to get that book and, and check it out. Uh, and be inspired by the strength that only God can give us. It's a great reminder to never take the ability to run or walk for granted. Running is a great time for prayer and reciting scripture. Do you have a verse that inspires you during those difficult times? And you just mentioned uh, getting that slap, and that's why I love Joshua one nine mm-hmm. so much, because it's where jo- where where he has told Joshua a couple of times already. I've told you, be mm-hmm. strong and be courageous. I'm going to be there for you. Right. Um, but he's, he's he's one more time. It's like, have I not already told you? Yeah. Uh, Anytime you hear God say that, yeah, that's it's like he's talking to a little kid, which that's yeah, what we are. That's exactly. You know, right. have I not told you? You know, I think about Hebrews twelve one, which is kind of our flagship. Mm-hmm. verse for this ministry but in this context i think about it a little bit different you know it, it it talks about laying aside the weights and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us which is the part we like it run for god but it's it's the first part of that verse 
that you, you talk about, do you have a verse that inspires you during difficult times? It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, so many times we don't put much thought into what that's saying. You yeah. know, we talk about being in those valleys and it being lonely. But God's word says there's people there cheering us on. And in the context of this chapter, you know, the chapter before this was the heroes of faith. And basically he's saying here that we've got people like Moses and 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 all these heroes of faith, Abraham and Noah, they're there cheering us on. But not only them, it's everybody in our lives that have gone on before us and who are in heaven. You know, I think about my dad and my grandfather and and my stepdad who are all up there now. I know where they're at. Yeah. And during those tough times, when it's hard, when we're climbing that mountain, you know, to put it in a running perspective or we're in that valley to put it in a spiritual perspective, they're up there cheering. Yeah. And I know that because God's Word says that. And that that really does help me get through those times when I feel like nobody understands or I'm the only one that's going through this or I'm just not going to be able to make it through this. I know that there's a cheering section there who's watching and, and encouraging me to keep going. I might not audibly hear them, but I can when I think about this verse because God's Word says they're there. Yeah. They're all there. Noah, Abraham, they're all cheering for you. You know, those who have gone on before you, they're all cheering for you. And it's... I love that thought from a running perspective because who of us has not been struggling in a race and have somebody on a sideline either call our name or, or just say something that they, you know they're talking to you to encourage you and instantly you feel a little bit better. You may not feel great, but you'll feel a little bit better, a little more energized, get a little bit – you'll pick it up yeah. because you hear that. Or – you know, I've talked about this before. There's a there's a stretch of road that I'll run down sometimes in our community, Cleveland Highway. And, you know, I may be having a terrible day, and if I'm on a side road, I might slow down, and I might even walk. But on Cleveland Highway, there's no way that I'm going to stop and start walking. Why? Because people are coming by. Because people <laughs> driving by know me. Yeah. They know you, and I don't want to hear my buddy next week saying, hey, I saw you. Stop running and start walking on Cleveland <laughs> Highway. I'm not going to do that because I know people are watching me. And it's that's what God is saying here. Yeah. Be encouraged because there are people watching. Yeah. They're cheering you on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just thought about that here. But, it's. I mean, I know you do it too. It's like yeah. you get on Cleveland Highway, well, i got to pick it up because there's 30,000 cars a day coming by here. And a lot of these people know me, and I know them, and I don't want to be the one caught – you know, stopping my run and, and walking. It's true. You know, I don't know how many times I hear, you know, we run with the kids every Saturday morning out on Cleveland Highway. Yeah. And it's a very busy road. It's on a sidewalk, but it's very busy. And almost every week somebody comes to me and says, I saw you and, and the guys, or I saw you and the girls out there running Saturday morning. Yeah. It's like, you know, people see you. And a lot of times they roll down the windows and they're yelling at you yeah. going down the road. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's having that cloud of witnesses whether from a spiritual standpoint or a, a running standpoint, makes all the difference in the world. God's Word says it's there. It's there. Know it. Yeah, y'all be encouraged by that, the fact that the next time you go through anything tough, whether it's on a run or it's not on a run, just think about Moses and Abraham sitting on the sidelines going, go, you can do it. Yeah. You know, ah, gosh, what a great picture <laughs> that is. Uh, last question, how can we help people around us get through those challenges or valleys of life? 
You know, I think a lot of times it's just listening. And I'm, I'm not a, uh, a psychologist, neither one of us claim to be, but I know what I like a lot of times when, when I'm in one of those valleys. I just need somebody to vent to. Yeah. And so a lot of times it's just listening. Mm. Yeah, we just be in there for somebody sometimes. Yeah. Somebody's just looking for an ear and, and just to, to let it go. And to be empathetic right. uh, is often all anybody needs. Yeah, uh, and a lot of times you can share your last valley yeah hey just so you know i i went through something similar and here, here's what i did um sometimes that'll help sometimes it doesn't sometimes people don't want to hear that but i think a lot of times it does help that you know you're you're not the only one when you're talking to somebody who is in a valley you're, you're not the only one to ever be here because so many times that's what we feel i'm yeah. the i'm the only one that's yeah. ever done this i I'm, I'm the only one that's ever made that mistake and now i'm paying for it um yeah it's not true no no it's not no it's not we're all we all go through that and um you know living out our lives in a way that that where people can see jesus in us too i think when people see us and how we react to a valley Mm -hmm. i think is important for other people too because i think not just letting somebody talk or listening to somebody or sharing with somebody how you handle the the valley but them actually seeing Mm -hmm. you live out that that valley experience I think is important too. I mean, how many of us don't love to see somebody who goes through a tough time and just remains steadfast and just keeps plowing right through and comes out on the other side, the other side victorious. We all love that. Yeah. And we all crack sometimes. We you all know, do. I, I've had those moments where I lashed out. I said something I shouldn't have said, but probably just as much equally as important as people seeing you handle yourself well during those times is the fact that when you do crack and we all do it Mm -hmm. going to those people who saw you crack and saying i was wrong yeah you know i we made we talked about that post a few weeks ago i offended someone today well we're gonna offend people for the wrong reasons yeah and it's what we do when that happens can make all the difference too you can shine christ by going in and making it right with yeah. somebody saying, hey, because I, I, I have to do that. I've had to do that a lot. Yeah, um, me too. Hey, I, I, I said something I shouldn't have said that. And yeah. that really makes an impact on people it because does. we are fallible. We do make mistakes and people recognize that. And most people, there is grace. Yeah. Um, we just got to go ask for it. We do. We do. Good word. Hey, go out there. We've talked about the Big Share app. If you haven't checked it out yet, what are you waiting for? There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they were talking about cancel culture. And I mm-hmm. thought that it was, uh, we don't want to get into the politics and all we're that not stuff get into about, about, about cancel culture. But what I thought was interesting was, 
that there is this 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 thing out there where people are saying, you know, some, something somebody did years ago and they hold it against them. And I'm thinking, and they these guys were talking about it and saying, do they realize that everybody's a sinner mm-hmm. and we've all been there? And I thought it was so powerful to think in that way that uh, that that we all we've all gone there, we've all done that. Uh, we just need more Jesus in this world, and it's so so obvious, so much more today than it's maybe ever been. I mean, think about. It's funny you said that. Think about the person that God said is the person after His own heart, King David. Probably one of the greatest men in the history of the world. Yep. By God's own admission. That's right. If we had cancel culture back then, David David had people killed. He committed adultery. But God forgave him and then God used him. Yeah. And we have to understand that that everybody has a past. I have a past. You have a past. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a past. Your yeah. pastor has a past. And but we have to understand that if if God can forgive people, and then use them to advance his kingdom. And we should do the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll stop it right there. <laughs> well, I, it reminds me, of, when you said that, it reminds me of something that I heard from a, a, a famous pastor. Um, and he, he said this. He said, this is what the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. You have to forgive everybody mm-hmm. every time for anything they have ever done against mm-hmm. you. And when you look at it that way, it's like that's pretty. Uh, that, that's pretty clear. True. I mean, it's it's not like there's any ambiguity in the Bible about that either. Um, there's not. There's none. There's none. Yeah. Um. So so we're in this we're in this, this we have this culture, and sometimes we get caught in the middle of it because there's not enough Jesus out there in the culture that we we want we were we're passionate about what we believe, mm-hmm. and then other people have a different passion and a whole different direction how do we straddle that line between somebody who's not a christian and has a thought that's obviously unbiblical and and what we think and you know because it's you want to say what's on your mind you also want to love that person where do we find that line well when we're talking biblical things i thought it when i saw your question i you know they just don't know Right. And it's it's ignorance, and I don't mm-hmm. say ignorance in a in a bad way. I mean, ignorance is simply a lack of knowledge. Right. And when I was kind of pondering your question, I I thought about and I actually talked to my son Lane this morning, and we were talking about one of the chores that Lane has is he's supposed to blow the garage and the driveway off every day. I like to keep the driveway and the garage clean, and we have a a blower, a gas blower that he uses to do that every day. <laughs> And I'll never forget the very first time Lane did that. I went out, and I showed him how to crank the blower, and I handed it to him. And I said, this is your chore every day for you to blow the garage and the driveway off. And I'll never forget that very first time going in after he got done. And I started looking around the garage, and in all the corners of the garage, there was leaves piled up and dirt and dust and there was just stuff everywhere. There was nothing in the middle of the garage. It was just all blown into the corners. And I went to Lane and I said, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, you didn't blow this stuff out. And he had this look. I mean, he 
I probably said it a little meaner than I should have, and he just had this look on his face, and he said, I didn't know. Yeah. And it wasn't that Lane didn't want to do right. Right. It's just he didn't know. Right. And he was doing it the only way he knew how. And when I spoke to him, like many times God will do to unbelievers that convict them ultimately to come to the foot of the cross, he had this light bulb moment. And it, it wasn't that Lane was trying to be rebellious. Right. It's just Lane didn't know. That's right. And I think we're surrounded by people around us who we look at them, and our first thought is to condemn them because you're just not walking right or you're not living right. Yeah. No, we can't do that yeah. because they don't know. And the Bible's even pretty clear about that, yeah. that those who don't know don't know. Right. But it's our job to let them know and to educate them and do it lovingly Yeah. without ridicule. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a great thought-provoking question. There. Yeah, that's a, that's a great illustration for that uh, because that's a, it's exactly right. I mean, that is so analogous to what we see. Analogous. So I've never heard that word. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this is an odd title. But the title is Leprosy and Running. We read about a terrible disease called leprosy in the Bible. It's a disease that often has the effect of lesions on the body and the decay and loss of body parts. It was a terrible disease. People were sent to live in leper colonies so that they would not infect those who were healthy. Obviously, in that day, they didn't have medicines to treat diseases like we do today. Did you know the disease is still around today? That may surprise, be a surprise to many. Most people call it Hansen's disease today. There are a few interesting things about Hansen's disease that I think are instructive for today. First, only about 5% of those who have the disease show symptoms. That means there are certainly people who have it and do not realize it. Second, it takes one to 20 years to develop symptoms. And third, we're still not sure how it is transmitted. So, what does any of this have to do with running? <laughs> I think there are a lot of people who think they can't do a lot of things that they can do. And even worse, I don't think most of those people understand how it affects them long term. 95% of people who have Hansen's disease show no symptoms. There are many people walking around with a disease they don't know they have. Similarly, there are many people who are infected with a sedentary lifestyle that shows no symptoms. They don't even realize that the very lifestyle they lead can and likely will eventually show up in negative ways. Leprosy takes 1 to 20 years to show up. A lack of exercise can take even longer. We all know that of that person who said or says, I smoked for 60 years and drank Coke every day and I'm 98 years old. The problem is that we fail to recognize what an outlier that person is. Most of the time, that behavior will catch up with us eventually. We know because, scientific because of scientific studies that a lifetime of smoking and drinking soda will eventually have negative consequences most of the time. 
But a lack of exercise is more insidious. We don't often draw the same conclusions about something we don't do as we do a habit that we know is bad for us. But the consequences are still negative. Finally, would you ever have imagined that we have a disease that's been around long enough to have been recorded in the Old Testament of the Bible and still not understood how it is transmitted today? For thousands of years and up until recently, it was thought that the disease is transmitted through physical contact. Today, we know it is much more likely that it is transmitted through the respiratory system, something we've become all too familiar with lately. Exercise in general and running more specifically has been shown to have a host of positive effects on your physical and mental health. I'm convinced that we don't even know all of the benefits People have been doing physical active, physically active things for years, knowing that it is beneficial, but perhaps not understanding exactly how. We know that runners suffer from depression at far lower rates than non-runners. The lower rate of depression leads to fewer suicides. That leads to families who don't have to mourn a suicide, which is always tragic. You don't have to dig too deep to, t- to see that there are benefits to running that we don't even see. From a spiritual standpoint, there are billions of people who are exercise-deprived. We, pers- we know the prescription, which is Jesus, but a high percentage of people in the world are walking around with a disease, the no-Jesus disease, and they don't even know where it is leading them. Many don't show symptoms and are not subject to any consequences now. But eventually, we will all face him. Maybe the most important development for those with Hansen's disease is that there are drugs that can treat it and beat it. It takes a long regimen of drugs to get rid of it. Exercise will have long-term positive impacts most of the time. But the saving power of Jesus will have a much longer-term impact every time if you know that power let me ask an even deeper question are there people who walk around someone with hansen's disease and don't even know they're exposed it's not super infectious so it's not a concern but how many people walk around you every day and they know that you are infected with jesus Although they got the treatment for leprosy wrong in the Bible, there was one aspect I'd like to apply to Christians today. Those who were infected in biblical times had to alert people around them that they were infected. Wouldn't it be great if today we all knew who around us was infected with Jesus? Hmm. Great story, Dean. Yeah, the, the, this, this whole idea of... Uh, I, I thought one of the interesting things about this was renaming things. We do that a lot these days. Yeah, why is that? Well, I think we want to make it less... I think the idea of calling it Hansen's disease, because leprosy has this stigma attached Mm -hmm. to it, so we want to remove the stigma. I don't know that that's always the best thing to do, though. Uh, I think sometimes it's good to know, hey, this is a serious thing. And and it is less serious today, but... You know what I think is the closest thing to leprosy? What's that? Poison oak. Poison... Yeah. I have poison oak on me right now, and it's itching like crazy. Oh, Lord. And now it itches more. It does. You're when you're about, reading this story, yeah. I'm starting to scratch my arm here because I have poison oak on my arm. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know. People it's, it's, people all around us are inflicted with this no-Jesus disease too, right? 
Right. And so and we have the antidote. We do. And are we sharing it? Right. It's, it's the old cliche that if somebody was standing in the middle of the road about to get hit by a car, would you go push them out of the road? The answer is yes. Yeah. Well, there's billions of people around us that are standing out in the middle of the road about to get hit with a life or an eternity in hell. And we're not going to push them out of the road. Yep. You know, I think about, um, what was the guy's name, the Penn and Teller? The, which which one's the atheist or the... Penn. Penn. Yeah. You know, he he did a video one time, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, Where somebody gave him a Bible. Yeah. Is that the I, one? yeah. We actually showed it in our church. We yeah. actually showed a video of an atheist in our church, but he... He was talking about somebody gave him a Bible and then really shared Christ with him and that, you know, they were worried about his soul because, you know, if he dies an atheist, then he's going to spend eternity in hell. And, and while he doesn't believe that, he was talking to all Christians and he said, if that's the case, why do I not have lots of people coming coming up and share if you say you love me and this is the answer to my eternity then why was this one of the first guys to ever come up and talk to me and it was it was very convicting as a believer that here's an atheist saying if you claim you have the answer then why aren't more of you out proclaiming that you <laughs> you have the antidote yeah and um uh, yeah i think it goes right along with what you're saying here that um we we have the antidote, but yeah. are we are we sharing it? Yep. Because how reckless would it be for us to stand on the side of the road and watch somebody get hit by a car? Yeah. Well, it's even more reckless for us to have Jesus and not be sharing him with the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know it's it's great to hear when somebody I, I talk about this idea of do people around you know that you're infected mm-hmm. <laughs> with the, the with the antidote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and I got a a, a text recently from uh, from a former runner and, um, and and you know you get these things from time to time they they're very sporadic but every once in a while you get this thing that says thank you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for helping me with my faith mm-hmm. and when you hear that gosh it, I get I just get goosebumps just thinking about the the, the whole idea that God used you in yeah. a way but you know there's it's great to know that. But I also can name way more times when I was in a situation where I failed right. to do that. So um, there's always more work to do, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Yeah. You you can start by just wearing a Run for God shirt every day like I do, right? Yeah. Well, um, I, I already pretty much do that. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it is uh, it is good, though. Um, and every opportunity that you get to share, share Christ, even if it's in a non-straightforward way. This morning I was in an interview, and— I was trying to, I had a list of the questions ahead of time, so I knew what the questions were, and obviously there were no questions. It was a, it was a very secular setting, and I, but I wanted to make sure that people knew who I was and what my heart was, and so you have to figure out a way sometimes to fit it in there, and I always thought, you know who the greatest person at that was, or it still is, um, is um, uh, Graham. Uh, Billy Graham. Well, his son. Franklin Graham. Franklin Graham. I, I see him on, on news shows and stuff, right. and it doesn't matter what they're talking. Oftentimes, he's talking about something political, but he figures out a way in that political he setting to does. share the gospel. He got that from his dad. Every yeah, time. I mean, he did. Billy Graham. Yep. First of all, Billy Graham wouldn't even go into the politics. He would just redirect right. it at that point. Franklin yeah. will kind of get into the politics, but that's what I always loved about Billy Graham was yep. 
he, he you could see the frustration on people's faces that were interviewing him. I, I think about the one atheist guy that was interviewing him. I, I he, he was a talk show guy, and he would just, he was trying his best to, to just trip Billy Graham up, and Billy Graham always turned it right back toward the gospel. Yeah. Um, going back to the whole car in the road thing, and why why don't we share Jesus with more people? And I just thought about this. How, if if somebody was standing in the middle of the road and you saw a truck coming, our instinct is immediately to go push them out without any regard to what could happen to us. Well, is that a fair statement? Yeah. I mean, in the moment, you see a child in the road, you're going to run out. There is a very good chance you could get hit in the process, but I think 99.9% of the population would not think about that. Yeah. They're worried about saving that child. Yeah. Why don't why don't we have the same urgency? Mm-hmm. Because when we see somebody that's obviously lost, we don't think spontaneously. At least I don't. Because we don't. See I need the- to go share Jesus with them. We start thinking about, well, if I do that, what kind of repercussions am I going to have? Who I may get fired if I'm if I'm in a corporate setting, or I may. You know, I may get backlash or they may bring up something in my pack. We start thinking about all these excuses not to. But if we can if we can figure out a way to get ourselves to look at that as a child in the road that's going to get hit and spend eternity in hell. If we can be more spontaneous and, and really not think about the consequences. I know that kind of sounds weird to say. Jesus never thought about the consequences of sharing Christ. He did, but he knew the ultimate consequences was, yeah. I'm going to win another soul Paul, into eternity. Exactly. Paul. Didn't matter who you were. Didn't no. matter his circumstances. You can beat me. You can put me in chains. You can throw me in prison. I'm going to rejoice in my affliction. Yeah. Well, I love him. Yeah. Um, we, we, need, we, need, we need more Jesus, and we need to be more like Paul yeah. a lot of times. Amen. And, uh, so, yeah, just great, great story, Dean. Yeah. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. Become a Run for God coach. You know, I am convinced just in the news and the things that I read that it is not going to be long. I mean, maybe months, but it's not going to be long before we can get back to normal. You want to be ready to teach that Run for God class as soon as things open back up, which means that you need to get your hands on the material today. If if you're a Run Club member, that, that instructor's kit is steeply discounted that's right i mean it is cheap yeah if you're a run club member um yeah you just uh, we we need coaches number one i mean we we started this year off as 
going to be one of our best years ever. And then third week of March hit and everything just shut down. So so we need some help. We, we need you. If you're listening to this and, and God has been, and I know how God does it. You know, he just pricks and, <laughs> and pricks and pricks. If you're feeling like God is calling you to become a Run for God instructor, do it. Yeah. It's the best decision you'll ever make because I always say the coach gets just as much or more than the student out of this process because it changes your we talk about perspective. Yeah. It changes your perspective on the coach on the on the sport and what it can be done, what can be done with this ministry through the sport. Yeah. I mean because runners are our mission field. We we say that all the time. Runners are our mission field. Absolutely. Be a part. Be a part. You know, I can't get that idea out of my head of these people being diseased around me and this whole idea of the car and the 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 kid in the road and right. um, that whole thing just just it it should haunt us it really in in a, in a way you know it should be something that we really think about all the time and I I heard something recently <laughs> you talk about the unashamed podcast right um, and and I've started listening to it. Uh, and I just heard Jay's talking about how when he was young, you probably heard that when he was talking when he was young, he had this truck, he had a problem with pretty girls, which many of us of the male persuasion have struggled with that at one time or another. Mm-hmm. And he said what changed him was when he decided that when he saw that girl, that he was going to witness to her. And he thought, there's nothing that'll get you straightened out faster than going up to somebody and telling them about Jesus. Right. And I thought, I thought, what a great illustration of yeah. overcoming something that, that you recognize as, as a problem in your life. Um, is there any better way? That's just, that was, I, I just love that whole idea. No, of, and if you've never listened to the Unashamed podcast, go listen to it. It's, yeah. it's the Duck Dynasty guys who, you know, whatever you think about the show, those are men of God. Yeah. Uh, one, one podcast, and you'll hear that. Um, but yeah, he also talked about he 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 decided he was going to witness to him number one, but then also that he was going to look look at him as a, um, a was it a devil trap? It's a lure. It's a fishing yeah, it's lure. A, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know he talked about about him being a bass, you yeah. know, which is a predator in the water, and bass look at these shiny, pretty lures and and they they go attack it. And he talked about this specific lure that. When a bass hits it, it it sinks in. It's got hooks all over it, and the bass is not getting free. And he said he started looking at at the opposite sex at a young age when he was in high school and just out of high school. When when he knew that that was a, a temptation, he looked at it as that particular fishing yeah. lure and thought, if if I go down that road, I'm going to get hooks all in me. Yep. And so I'm just not going to go down that road. And it it was a. <laughs> He, he tells it way better. We're butchering it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's it's a it's a cool concept. But yeah, it's just staying away from temptation was his point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every week we share a reason why running is so awesome, and this just happened to me yesterday, and so I, I just wanted to share this today. Uh, a cool rain at the end of a run on a summer day. Yesterday we're running. It was actually actually ran twice yesterday, so it was the second run. It was hot. It was miserable. It was kind of steamy. And then all of a sudden, in the last mile, came this nice, gentle, cool rain yeah. yesterday. And it felt so good um, just, to, just to feel that rain on your body. And it was interesting. Afterwards, um, we had a, it was college practice, and 
one of our girls' car wouldn't start. So I got to hang around in the rain a little bit longer than I wanted to, <laughs> uh, trying to get her car. And, and, you know, we had a good Samaritan come up yesterday. Really? Yes, he was a guy of, of Asian persuasion. I don't know exactly where he was from. His name was Troy. He was just super, super friendly. He pulled up. He had jumper cables, and we got we got the girl off and, and going home, and uh, he was just so friendly, so nice, and I just love to meet people like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love running there. I mean, it makes you feel like a kid. It does. To go running in the rain. and Yeah. Uh, people yeah. people will use that as an excuse a lot of times. It's, when it's about to rain, I can't go run. Well, it's it's some of the best runs I've ever had, you Especially know, until that lightning summer. bolt strikes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you find another gear to get back to the car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had some lightning close by in another group yesterday, but that it was, uh, yeah, running in the rain is, is great, especially in the summertime. Now, in the wintertime, it's not so much fun. But Yeah, well, it still makes you feel hardcore. It does. Which is that, always a good feeling to me. I, I just love doing things that people say you shouldn't be able to do That's or right. you shouldn't be doing. Amen. Uh, so. The motivational thought of the week. Uh, to go along with our hill story we talked about before, um, this comes from Confucius, certainly well outside of the – christian realm um but an interesting one anyway the man who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones mm. you know we talked about this whole idea of when we witness to people and seeing people it's just little things right mm. it's just it's one little step at a time and yeah, it's patterns in our life I yeah mean, people the, the biggest way people judge us is by patterns it's not by one yeah specific thing it's by how we live our lives day in and day out and uh it's it's the stones we're carrying. Yeah, it's Confucius would say here. Carry away those small stones, and sooner or later the mountain will be gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, we want to encourage you to get involved. If you are not a Run Club member now, I don't understand why personally, but you need to become a Run Club member because this is the best place for a runner to come mm-hmm. for encouragement. The best place on earth. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if it's. I'm not sure if there have been any scientific studies. But we're pretty sure. We're pretty scientific. Yes, I would say absolutely. So, <laughs> Run Club, join Run Club if you haven't. If you have joined Run Club, thank you. Go out there and find some other folks. We're actually going to have a, a challenge um, out to you next month about uh, about finding some other people to join Run Club. That's a little bit of a sneak peek on something coming up. So that'll be exciting. Um, connect with people who are interested in the same the same things that you are. Some of the things that we have had, uh, some of the, the posts that we've had on Facebook have been fantastic. If you're part of that group or not part of that group, rather, you need to go out there and check that out because, oh, my goodness, it's, it's a great group, mm-hmm. very supportive. So check out Run for God, uh, runclub.com, and join Run Club. It's just $9.97 a month. What is it, 22 cents a day is what we figured out? So, uh, 27. 27, 27 cents. 20, 20-something cents a yeah. day. Um, it's like going to the gumball machine once a day, but this this is good for you. Yeah, this is you know, way better for gumballs you. Gumballs have sugar. a lot of sugar in them. So. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, join Run Club. It's um, I I can't. I'll go. I can go on and on about Coach Dean here. You know, he he's the he's kind of the head of the Run Club. He's the coach. He's a guy you can actually get in touch with if you need to. And uh, the Thursday night uh, lives on Facebook. Everybody loves those. Um, so yeah. I, I encourage you to to check it out. Yeah, check it out. If you don't like it after a month, cancel it. Yeah, uh, there's no there's no uh, strings attached. 
but we don't think you'll cancel. We think you'll get in and you'll be you'll be pulling all your friends in. I th- yep, I think so. So, so check that out. And all obviously, as always, give us five star reviews. Give us you know, let us know um, what you're thinking, both on YouTube and on the podcast, or whichever way that you receive it. Make sure that people out there know about us. Share our 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 podcast with others. Uh, I think any podcast app has that little share thing mm-hmm. where you can hit the share and you can send that to somebody else and mm-hmm. then they can listen to it and they can get hooked just like you are. Uh, because surely by now, after an hour of us talking, you are hooked into Run For God, Run Glenn. Well, and you know the cool thing about podcasts and, and how simple they are nowadays, because I did this just last week. I, I listen, it may sound weird, but I listen to our podcast. I enjoy, I don't normally like to hear myself on video or on audio, but I enjoy our dialogue. I enjoy the back. So I go back and I listen to it. And last week we were talking about a few different people in the podcast and I hit the share button and I texted that episode to those people and said, Hey, you know, thought, thought you might want to hear this, or it may be a, a subject matter that you think can encourage somebody. You can just hit that share button and send it to them. So yeah, yeah make sure you're, make sure you're downloading the podcast We're doing an okay job. Yeah. Help, <laughs> help us reach others for Christ. Be a part. Be a part of it. So, um, hey, listen. May God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.